Chaz Holder with Holder Wealth Management with me today, uh, investment advisors here in town. Chaz, good to see you. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me on the show today. And last time we talked, I think it was March. How have things been going since March? Well, things are pretty good. Um, markets have been a little bit more volatile this uh, this past quarter than we've really grown accustomed to in recent years. Um, and really, this is something that's normal. Um, it's a healthy sign of equity markets. We need volatility to accurately reflect uh, price adjustments with stocks to prevent stocks from becoming overvalued or too expensive, um, and to also really provide us with that risk that give investors the commensurate long-term reward, the good returns we get. Um, you know, if stocks just kept steadily increasing upwards without any correction or wobbling along the way, then their returns would look more like fixed income and they would be priced accordingly. And so, you know, we think volatility is a bad thing, but you're are you saying this is a good thing? Well, to an extent, volatility is a good thing. As investors, whenever we have volatile investments like stocks, we demand certain returns on those investments. And in competitive markets, uh, we usually realize those expected returns over the long term. Uh, basically, competitive markets work and risk and return are related. Um, the key is to be able to take on as much of that risk as, as we can afford. And what I mean by afford is that uh, the investor can really can afford to not sell an investment when it's down, but can instead hold it for a longer term. Uh, take, for example, uh, the market correction that occurred uh, late January, early February of mm. this year. If I was an investor that purchased stock at the beginning of 2018, and then I sold it um, during that correction, I would have lost a good deal of money. But when you compare that to an investor who maybe buys stock five years ago and sells it at the, the depth of the correction, they would still make money. So mm -hmm. they've incurred risk for a longer period um, and so um, ha have gotten that long-term reward. Um, so that's really the, what we mean by affording risk or can handle, handle risk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear some uh, concern over the economy overheating, so to speak. Uh, don't we want it to grow? Well, that's a good question and, and one that's really on the on the front of investors' minds. Uh, the fear uh, that the economy is overheating and, and really the fear leads to inflation. Um, inflation, uh, when we have periods of higher inflation, investors typically sell stocks and buy bonds. Um, but even the investors' fears or the expectations of a possible overheated economy has an impact on stocks. Um, a few months ago, positive economic news came out that for the first time in quite a while, wage growth was occurring. Mm -hmm. And the result on stocks of this positive econ economic news was, was actually negative. And the reason is because wage growth is a sign to the Federal Reserve that the economy is getting warmer, it's getting hot, and that inflation might be coming soon. And as a result, the Feds, uh, the Federal Reserve, potentially um, is going to increase their uh, their benchmark interest rate sooner than investors thought, and this drove stock prices down. And so, what happens, you know, if inflation gets too high? Why would the Fed uh, want to keep inflation in check? So, a little bit of inflation is a good thing. No inflation is a bad thing, and too much inflation is also a bad mm -hmm. thing. So, we kind of want it right in this middle ground. Um, the fear uh, of an overheated economy um, that leads to higher than desired inflation. Um, the Fed is going to increase their target interest rates to try to keep that inflation under control. Because if inflation gets too high, then our money and our savings, they lose relative value. And goods and services become too expensive for us to buy, which then leads to an economic contraction. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, if, if inflation is too low, um, resulting in relative declines in, in wages, our debt loads become 
they don't reduce in relative value over time, and so this is also bad for for consumers and investors. So you know, too high inflation is bad. Too low inflation is bad. Where, where's that Goldilocks? You know, what's a, what's a good inflation figure? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, the Fed targets an annual inflation rate of two percent, or try to tries to get as close to that as possible. Um, and this is historically seen as a healthy amount. Um, how the Fed handles influencing the inflation rate is that it it really manipulates the supply and demand of free capital or of money, really, in the marketplace. The tricky thing about this, though, is that it takes a while for an action by the Fed to have a measurable impact on inflation. Um, the best way to think about it is, is if the is if inflation is like the engine of a car and the Fed has its foot on the gas pedal, the problem is that when the Fed pushes down on the gas pedal, it really takes a long time for the engine to respond. Mm-hmm. And when the Fed takes its foot off the gas pedal, well, it takes a long time for the engine to slow down. So it's difficult for the Fed to really know how far down to push that gas pedal. Um, That's why they do these incremental increases. Raise the interest rate, the target rate, a little bit and wait and see. Raise it a little bit and wait and see. But when we have economic indicators that suggest inflation is coming a little bit more quickly than we were expecting, then the Fed takes action um, a little bit more aggressively than ex- investors are expecting. And so what effect uh, you know, does inflation and the Fed have on investors? Well, inflation and investing, they're components of each other. As inflation, uh, as it relates to the stock market specifically, these two generally move inverse to each other. So when one goes up, the other goes down. And this is because higher inflation makes fixed income or, or bond investments more attractive to stocks relative to a unit of risk. Um, and investors, uh, so when we have inflation, investors are going to move money from stocks to bonds. Um, if you think about the recent bull run we've had in stocks, we've sustained it for a period of years, um, we really had this long period of historically low inflation rates, which meant uh, low interest rates, which was great if you were borrowing mm-hmm. for a 30-year mortgage, um, but investors couldn't really get those returns they wanted in fixed income investments. And so the result was that money poured into stocks, and that really helped drive the the stock recovery. So, you know, I should say inflation wasn't the only thing that led to the market recovery. Um, there, you know, that would be an oversimplification, mm-hmm. and so there are many factors involved. But really, if you compare the period of time, the recent bull run, with the current inflationary backdrop, fears of excess inflation, then you get a pretty clear view of how investors perceive inflation and the impact it has on stocks. Chaz Holder with Holder Wealth Management today. Anything else on your mind? Well, you know, I think that that many people see the current market environment. I'm talking about really first quarter and uh, f- you know April and May um, as one of exceptionally high volatility. In recent months, it's been fairly typical to see three, four, five hundred point swings in the Dow. But it's also important to keep in mind uh, just a few thoughts. The first is that when we have a four hundred point swing today, that's really the equivalent of a 200-point swing 10 years ago and a 100-point swing two decades ago. Mm -hmm. Point swings are all relative to the size of the index, and the bigger the Dow gets, the bigger we're going to have these these point swings. And a second thought is that this volatility is normal. Um, Ultimately, investors want some of this volatility. It's good. It gives us those long-term returns. Mm -hmm. Um, And without volatility, you know, we really can't demand that we're going to get compensated for taking on risk. If anybody wants to get in contact with you guys, uh, you know, just maybe look at the portfolio again or, you know, have any questions, how do we get in contact? Well, give us a call. Holder Wealth Management, 398-4015. We'd be happy to talk. Thanks for coming in this morning. Thanks, Jim.